Parsha Perspectives. Insights into the weekly Torah reading with me, Gad Krebs, College Rabbi here at Mariah College. Hi everybody, we are back with Parsha Titzaveh. And where last week's Parsha we started the building of the Mishkan and the commandment to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and it dealt predominantly with the utensils that would be to you to be used in the Mishkan, the menorah, the aron, the tables, the altars, etc. This week it ships focus. It's interesting, Parsha Titzabe, because it's the only Parsha since we've been introduced to Moshe and read it until the end of the Torah, where Moshe's name is actually never mentioned, not once in the Parsha. And the commentaries focus on the fact that this Parsha is relating to Aaron, Moshe's older brother, who actually becomes the forefather of the Kohanim. If you are Kohen, you are descended from Aaron. Now, Moshe and Aaron, brothers, came from the tribe of Levi, but Aaron became a subsect within the tribe of Levi called the, the priestly tribe, the Kohanim. So this week's Parsha focuses on Aaron, his four sons that were to be the original Kohanim, and specifically in the various clothing that they would wear during their priestly uh, practice. So the Torah talks about that you should take Vasita big de Kodesh la Aron and you should make holy garments for your brother Aaron, Lechavod Ulitifaret, in order to honor him and to beautify him. So clothing here has a very specific uh, role to Lechavod and the commentaries speak exactly what is the difference to lechavod letifaret. So um, some of them want to suggest that lechavod is regarding Hashem. That if you're going to be a priest and you're going to stand in front of Hashem, you need to dress appropriately. And uh, this has a lot of practical ramifications that when we daven, we should be dressed differently to the way that we would dress otherwise. We're about to speak to Hashem and we have to dress kavodik. You have to dress in a um, a, mechubad, a a very respectful manner. So if when I go to shul, I shouldn't be wearing shorts, I shouldn't be wearing a singlet, I should wear clothing that is appropriate so that if I were to go meet a dignity of sorts, I would be prepared to uh, dress in such a manner. So if that's how I would when I meet a fellow person, or the more so when I go speak to Hashem. I live with however, to beautify. So this seems to be um, slightly different because this is not sanctifying in front of Hashem, but the commentaries want to say that this is to elevate you in the eyes of other people. That it's one thing to be dignified in front of Hashem, but there's nothing to be dignified in the eyes of the people. And people needed to be able to respect Aaron and needed to be impressed by Aaron. And as we say, clothing maketh the man. That the idea that how a person dresses is definitely going to influence how he or she is perceived by the outside world. The idea that I can dress however I want and uh, people will see me for who I am is is very naive. And the idea that we need to dress um, appropriate to our uh, position in life and in the world and to be able to hold a certain uh, caliber of of uh, dress and status in order to receive the kind of respect we would want to be received. So if I'm uh, if I walk around in shorts and a t-shirt, it doesn't mean people would disrespect me, but it definitely holds different to a person who walks around in a suit and a tie. And uh, the idea that clothing influences how we are perceived is not superficial, but it is by design. Now, I want to speak Today I want to focus on clothing in general, but specifically 
on the concept of tsni'ut. Now, tsni'ut um, is usually translated as modesty. And modesty in Judaism actually is not, has got nothing to do with clothing. It is definitely is a concept of modesty around clothing, but tsni'ut is not limited to clothing. But where I would like to sort of, is like if we look when I said by design, clothing is deceptive. It, it presents us in a certain way. Um, when I say it's by design, is because where do we see clothing for the very first time? So Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden. They eat from the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. And all, all of a sudden they realize they are naked. So they hide. And Hashem comes through the, through the garden and says to Adam, where are you? And Adam says, ah, you know, I'm hiding because I realized I was naked. And so we hid. And Hashem says, who told you you're naked? Did you eat from the fruit that I told you not to eat? Yes, he did. And so Hashem makes for him ketonet or. Hashem provides some form of clothing. Now, we have this idea of the fig leaf and the, the garments that, I, that Adam put on himself. But... Um, the clothing that Hashem has are called begadim. The word beged in Hebrew means clothing. Bet gimel dalet, three consecutive letters in the, in the alphabet. But what's fascinating is what does the word beged actually mean? So bagad as a verb means to rebel. So now we could say that perhaps the reason that clothing is to rebel is because it was the first real sign of rebellion. When Adam and Chava placed for themselves uh, fig leaves as a, as a form of garments when they realized that they were naked. So that, that was a sign of their rebellion. It, but however, it wasn't their rebellion. The rebellion was that they ate from the fruit. So I'd like to suggest an alternative way. And it really eats into this whole concept of tsni'ut. So let's just hold on for tsni'ut. So what is the word tsni'ut? So I said modesty. But what is modesty? Because in English, we have another word which is often used interchangeably with the word modesty, and that is humility. You should be humble. So if I said to you, um, uh, you, you, you're such a, you know, you such an unbelievable sports person, and you say, oh, you know, I'm not really. So I say, oh, don't be modest. So is that modesty or is that humility? And it's it's unclear, I think, to many of us, and we use them quite interchangeably. So to be humble is something that we is considered very good. And to be modest is usually something very good. But when it comes to things like dress, when we say be modest, it is usually in the context of to not offend others. That's what modest dress is. So when you're going into a very religious neighborhood or you're going, you should dress modestly. You're going to a shul, you should dress modestly so it's not to offend. So that might have a place in the world. But I'd like to suggest that the, the two concepts of modesty and humility in Judaism could not be more different. So let's start, I'm going to start backwards. Let's start with humility. So the word for humility in Hebrew is anava. And Moshe was known as the most humble man to ever, ever live. Now, Moshe was an incredibly accomplished individual. Moshe, albeit growing up in, I wouldn't say humble beginnings, but definitely beginnings where he grew up in the palace, fled Egypt as a result of killing the uh, Egyptian taskmaster, lives a number of years in the wilderness, marries, and eventually at the burning bush comes back to Egypt to rescue his people. Moshe is incredibly accomplished. He stands defiantly in front of Paro. He splits the, he does the ten plagues. He takes Israel out. He splits the sea. He takes us through the wilderness. Forty years he provides for us meals every day. The man, 
He uh, brings water from a rock. Moshe is an incredibly kamsh individual. And we see in the book of Bamidbar that Moshe is even challenged um, by Korach. That Korach, a, a cousin of Moshe, challenges him as being somebody who is speaking not the words of Hashem, but rather that he's making these words up himself. And Korach challenges him. And Korach loses. Now, what Moshe doesn't do as a humble individual is Moshe does not say, um, all right, listen, maybe you're the right guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Who's to know? Moshe stands very defiantly. You know, I wouldn't say boastfully or arrogantly, but definitely in a way where he stands his ground. And he says, I am, you know, I don't think he says I'm the goat, but he says, you know, I'm Hashem's chosen. I'm the one who's going to do this. And you, you're wrong. So the humility of Moshe is not what we call humility. And the idea of humility in in Torah is not denigrating or denying who you are, but rather the ability to very clearly recognize exactly who you are as well as exactly who you're not. To have a sort of confidence and absolute certainty of where you're holding in the world and never overestimating nor underestimating that talent. But it is equally acknowledging the fact that their talents, accomplishments, success are divine, you know, divine gifts. You may have worked hard, but they come from Hashem. And that is the concept of humility. So if someone comes up and says, you're an incredible sports person, the answer is, you know, if you can take a, an honest view in the world, yes, thank you very much. I'm very talented. Hashem has given me so much gifts. I've worked hard, but if it weren't for the gifts that Hashem had given me, um, I would not be humble. And that's what Moshe is. Moshe knows exactly who he is and exactly who he's not. Now, just uh, going a bit of a tangent here, Rambam, Maimonides, talks with regards to the prophets that even though we think that when the prophets had a divine vision or divine communication, somehow it was like Hashem whispering into their ear, that's not what it is. In fact, that was never, with the exception of Moshe. Moshe had communication as one man speaks to another. It says that explicitly in the Torah. But every other prophet, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, King David, you just keep going for all of them. What prophecy looked like for them was a trance-like state. It said that they would, their bodies would start convulsing and they would you know, come close to death. In fact, we read in Pasha Yitro in, the, in Rashi that when Hashem spoke to all the Israelites at Mount Sinai, they all died. It had to be resurrected because the experience was too awe, awe-inspiring. And similarly, with regards to the prophets, so when David and Melech had a divine communication, he would, he would shudder, he would come back, he would be sweating, he would be, be exhausted, he, he would have come face-to-face almost with death. Now, why is that? Because when you have a divine interaction and you realize the greatness of Hashem and the insignificance of yourself, that is an incredibly powerful and frightening experience. Because we think we have status, we think we are important. And when we come face to face with Hashem, we realize how insignificant and unimportant we really are. And therefore that experience is is close to death. It is, is that frightening. But Moshe was the most humble person. Moshe knew exactly who he was. When Hashem came and spoke to Moshe, it, it, it did not, for Moshe, have this effect on him because Moshe knew exactly who he was. So that's humility. Humility is the ability to recognize your talent, recognize your ability, recognize your weaknesses, but also recognize that all come from Hashem. Tzni'ut on the other hand is completely different. So the word tzanua, to be tzanua or lahatsnia means to hide. 
And unlike um, humility, where it is acknowledging the truth that really is and not hiding away from the truth, sni'ut is the hiding of the truth. Now, just, just to, let, me, let me say that again. Humility is recognizing the truth, but also recognizing that the truth comes from Hashem. Um, sni'ut, modesty, is denying or hiding the truth. And that is considered incredible value. So it's, it's in many ways contradictory, but let's see how this plays out. So lahatsnia literally means to, to hide something. So let's talk about modesty. So let's take it in dress and then we'll expand one out. What is modest clothing? So the more modest clothing is, it hides the figure or the shape of the individual who is wearing it. So a person looks in a certain way and the more modest they are, the less you can actually see the true form of that person. That's what modesty is. It hides. It hides the truth. Now being completely naked... That's truth. That's what a person looks like. Warts and all. That's who we are. Sni'ut comes and hides it. So people can present themselves in a way that is perhaps not completely true. Or at least they can, they can show people a side that is not everything. And that's what sni'ut is. So let's take another area. I'm incredibly wealthy, but I, I, I live my life in a way that hides the wealth from the eyes of one another of other people. So I don't drive a fancy car. I don't wear expensive clothes. I don't go on lavish holidays. So I'm in many ways hiding that from people. I'm lying to people in many ways that I'm, I'm showing them that look at, look at, uh, you know, what I, what you're seeing is not who I am. And the reason that this is a value is because sometimes truth isn't that important. Sometimes truth is the most important thing, but sometimes truth is not important because there are other values that at times are more important, and sni'ut is one of them. Let's talk about sni'ut in language. Being able to t- tell the truth. If someone says, how do I look? So how does a tsunua person behave? Do they tell them the absolute truth? Or does one at times bend the truth, hide the truth, in an, in an attempt to show some level of sincerity and kindness to an individual. We're not talking about lying outright. We are talking about hiding the truth. And so there's a certain value that comes with this ability to hide the things that maybe seeing them for what they are is not ideal. Now, how about, you know, another one. Um, the, the Talmud says, Everybody knows what happens on the night of the wedding. But anyone who speaks of it, who's who speaks about it, is, 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 is a disgrace. Now, we use euphemistic language with regards to, you know, going to the bathroom, having relations. Why? Because it's sanua. We don't need to be accurate. We don't need to speak everything out to be exactly what it is. We hide those elements. And the value of sni'ut is the ability to realize that how we carry ourselves, how we carry our conduct, our, be- our, our, our wealth, our, our physical appearance is not a matter of truth. It's a matter of sni'ut. And so we have these two ideas where, you know, humility is being completely honest with the truth, but acknowledge to come from Hashem. 
And modesty, sinuot, is hiding that exact truth and being able to recognize that sometimes there are other values, sensitivity to others, appreciation that I'm much more than my body, I'm much more than my money, and therefore I don't need to be truthful about these things. I can be quite sinuot about them. And so when we come back to the beginning of the Pasha, the idea of Aaron. So, you know, if Aaron, what did Aaron really look like under those clothes? If we stripped him from his clothes, what does he look like? So it says it doesn't matter. Because the, the goal of these clothing, these bigger dim, these dishonest garments, again, beg it, the garment that is used to deceive, it is used to present something that's not completely true. Aaron might not have been physically appearance, but he was clothing maketh the man. And the role of the Kohenga door was not to be up there, warts and all, but there to represent and go on behalf of the Jewish people. And therefore the clothing required that he dress in a specific way. So hopefully, you know, over the course of our discussion today, we've been able to look at, you know, the Pasha on, on, on a different way. On the one hand, this idea that clothing is critically important because it's how we carry ourselves. But equally, it's important to understand what clothing can do and what clothing should not do. And clothing should not show exactly who we are. In fact, it should do the opposite. It should hide who we are and present a different side of us. We need our kohengador to be l'chavorolitzifaret. We don't need to see him exactly how he is. We need to see him how we want him to be. And similarly, the way we carry ourselves with tzniut is to be able to present ourselves in a way that is you know, good for us and good for society. And humility, on the other hand, is the ability to recognize exactly who we are but also recognize that it is a gift from Hashem. So wishing you all a wonderful week. Looking forward to catch up with you next week. Have a wonderful week.